here with me today. We're going to get on with this topic of um, a new way of a new or another way of dealing with toxic family members that you just can't expel from your life or kick out of your life. And this has been a hot topic here in our group uh, with women having to return back home um, to their parents' home after divorce. Um, voluntarily or involuntarily because it seems as if they are pressured or they're forced or they have no um, say or no other option but to move back in with them and if that's not the case then there is well how do we deal with family members that are um, crossing limits or crossing, crossing boundaries or exerting certain type of control or manipulating you um, and having to deal with their relationship with them um, while being good with yourself and living your life and making your decisions that need to be made, you know, and, and disagreements and, and things that you don't disagree on. So it's, we know, um, both of us have had, you know, mother daughter relationships that have been stressed and both of us know these feelings of pain and hurt. And, um, I myself, uh, will share a little bit about mine and then you know you can share a little bit about yours Pia so we can give them the ladies here an idea of where we've come from um, and I think for me my whole life growing up um, I always had this I had this belief that you know uh, my mom was really uh, kind of out to get me <laughs> you know it just looked like you know she didn't believe in me she criticized me um, uh, I, no matter what I did it was never good enough um, and I grew up believing all of these stories about myself based on my interactions with her. And it always looked like, um, I always felt, and I believed that it was all her fault. So, you know, um, getting away from her, not listening to her or defying her and, and always this battle between me internally and her would, would go on. Um, of course, you know, being a good Desi Muslim girl, I would never use my voice or talk back. And that caused a whole slew of other issues within myself of not knowing how to use my voice or that it even existed, just being suppressed. And, um, and, then, and then later on in life, allowing that for myself even more. Until there came a time where I started, you know, learning about this inside out paradigm and this understanding and I started to look within myself. You know, I started to see <clears throat> that how I was approaching my mom was really through my own thinking. And my thinking was in a misunderstanding my whole life. Um, and when I started to see that and all of the stories that I believed that she was the bad guy and, you know, and I was the victim of her criticism, of her blame, of, you know, of just not measuring up to who she, who I thought she expected me to be, you know, or, or the pressure that was, was put on me um, and that I took on myself as well, uh, that I just could not measure up. So of course I was never good enough. And so when I started to see that these stories that I had built up my whole life were, were coming from my own thinking and because I knew, you know, you know, my, my mom loved me. I didn't doubt that, but love became, this was the way I understood love. And, and that's what I believed. And that's what I ended up attracting later on in life. Um, but um, to get on the top, to stay on the topic, it was really that when I started understanding how I came to all of these beliefs, 
from my own thinking that all of that just dropped because it wasn't a question of whether she loved me or not. That I knew, uh, that she cared about me, that I knew. Um, so it, it, it just caused me to reflect and think about was the way I was thinking about this, is all of this true? Well, well it wasn't really true. Um, and that's just what I began to believe, you know, with my own childlike, immature thinking, uh, which carried and stayed with me up until adulthood, until, you know, five, six years ago. And um, when I started to recognize that, wait a minute, th these stories that I'm telling myself constantly every time where I have a disagreement with her, or she doesn't agree with me, or, you know, she thinks I should do things this way, or she believes that, or, she's, or she tries to inflict her own beliefs on top of me, um, that unnecessary, unhelpful thinking just fell off. And I was able to approach her differently with more respect because I had more respect for myself, more kindness, um, more, uh, <laughs> and, and I know you can relate to this, more of just um, not bringing my ego into the mix, <laughs> you know, the hurt child who's bringing the ego into the mix and then having to fight back and clash back. But instead I was, you know, knowing, knowing the, the, the truth of how we work, um, that our feelings are coming from our thought in the moment allowed me to be able to respond to her consciously the way that we all want to respond to our parents with yeah. kindness, with respect, you know? And, and so then I didn't have those periods of um, regretting my reaction. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have said that, I, you know, or feeling guilty, which, you know, coulda, woulda, shoulda, it's too late, you know, because we got to own our actions. So this is a little bit about how things have shifted completely for me in my relationship with my mom. And guess what? She didn't know any of it. Yeah. Maybe it might change now because where I'm coming on here live, but, um, but she didn't know about any of it. She just saw a shift and change in me, which shifted and changed her uh, to approach me with much more respect, I feel, you know, much more openness and less judgment. Um, it looks like to me, right? And, um, you know, seeing me as a, an adult, as a whole, healthy, valuable a person who happens to be her daughter as well, and the affection that she has shown me has, has shifted. Um, now, I will just say this, and I won't get deeper into it, but I will just say this, um, that the relationship you have with your parent will 100% affect the relationship you have with your child. And I'll leave it at there and we'll get into that a little bit more, but I want to just uh, give you the opportunity, Pia, to share a little bit about your relationship with your parents and, you know, where you came from and where you are now before we get into, you know, these specific examples. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Rosa. Thank you, lovely ladies, for jumping in and, pay, you know, uh, giving us your, your valuable time um, and attention. Uh, so. My name is Pia Antico, as, as Raisa has said. Uh, some of you here may know me as Zara Samaya, my Muslim name. I'm still Muslim. Uh, I just don't go oh, by that name. Uh, so, um, uh, yes, okay, hang on. Now, is that, it's, it's like hearing your own voice. Ah! Anyway, um, <laughs> it's like, at least at least I'm not flashing up when, I, I'm, when I'm talking. I, I used to, I've made that mistake in lives and that having my screen going, ah, as you, so anyway. The joys of technology in doing this. Anyway, back to the whole why I'm here. So, uh, my story with how I 
reconciled my relationship with my it was with you for me it was with my dad you know uh, that's that's been my uh, story um, my, my, my relationship with my mum has been pretty okay um, she's her own interesting character and all the rest of it but I, I think I learned very early on in my life as a teenager with my mum that just somehow the penny dropped I think I was a teenager and, and, and it was like no her, her emotional state and her, her her stuff is her stuff and I'm not responsible for it and that kind of I, I that awareness whatever that was when I was youngest and with my mum at least um that helped shape the rest of my adulthood with my mum where you know she's I can be in space with her and whatever her drama is and be there in a very different way than I was with my dad. My dad, um, my dad, uh, well, he was around. <laughs> he was around, he pro he did provide and he does provide uh, an assistance now. So it's, it's one of the most beautiful realizations with this whole process of uncoupling my own story about him and his behavior uh, from just being with him uh, and, and being open to whatever uh, eventuates in the moment with him. Um, the, one of the beautiful things about that is that I can actually see with gratitude this, the good stuff that he has done. Because like, let's face it, none of us are 100% bad, like 100% of the time. We're not very, you know, the, the notion of complete not a psychopaths out there, they are, they are rare. For the most of us out here, we stumble along and we do the best we can. Um, and we have moments where we're stuck in our story that we have about ourselves and the universe that might might not be so positive um, and therefore act accordingly. Um, and so the key here is not so much it wasn't so much about trying to analyze why my dad was doing what he was doing, which I spent a great deal of my time um, trying to figure it out. Of course, you know, my thinking at the, uh, was largely like Reyes was saying, you take it personally. So, okay, my dad um, sort of being somewhat disinterested, emotionally distant, um, more often than not physically absent. Um, and when I would connect with him, um, you know, a bit contrary, a bit sort of, well, you know, sometimes he'd be saying something critical or slightly, I was perceiving it as being, um, uh, you know, underhanded, like give with one hand, take with the other, or um, being somewhat sarcastic at times and a little bit hurtful. That's how I was seeing it. You know, I was taking it very personally um, and I was taking it as a sign that, that there was something uh, fundamentally, um, you know, unworthy about me. There was something, I mean, you know, and then of course, for me, that spilled out in having two uh, marriages uh, to to two guys, completely different ages, completely different ethnicities, religions, con you know, different continents of the world. Um, and, but yet they were both abusive. Um, and I realized, for me, I realized that that was coming from that story in my head about having to chase attention and chase affection and like be hugely interesting somehow and 
you know, uh, and that was coming from my story that I had about my dad and me. And um, that was for years. And it got, it got so bad with me, uh, in, in the story in my head about my dad is that, yeah, I, I would, um, I'd, I'd get anxiety attacks and dread the idea of going to a family dinner. And I would, um, you know, be dress rehearsing in my head. Well, I mean, they said this, 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 this in the past. So um, I better be prepared for my answers that I'm going to have and what I'm going to say and how I'm going to react. And painting this really negative um, potential uh, of what the family dinner would be. Um, so like pretty much going in with, you know, putting the, putting the psychic body armor on and going in for a battle. Um, and of course that's damn exhausting. And it, you get, I mean, like, you know, it gets to a point you go, well, I don't want to have to keep doing this. I don't want to have to keep putting on the armor and going into battle. I, I want um, to stop you there for one second. Yeah, sure, sure. I want you to go a little deeper into what you're saying. Yeah. You're talking about your story in your mind yeah. and, and preparing yourself to go to a family dinner with all the psychological armor, body armor, yeah. which is exhausting, right? And we hear this as, uh, mental drain, mental exhaustion, like thinking and overthinking. If they say this, then I'll say this. If they yeah, do that, then I'll yeah. do that. Wow. It was and, so long. It was like yeah. a so, Mills movie. I mean, of it was course it causes anxiety, right? Yeah. And so yeah. what can you share with our sisters here that would help them in understanding like where they can help themselves? Because it looks as if the other person causes you all of absolutely and so my 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 initial response to all that was i simply cut i cut contact and i had no contact for with my dad for like uh, 12 months or more i mean my dad is like 80 84 now and and he had a cancer scare last year and so for me it just became really urgent to somehow experience the whole thing differently because i just didn't want I didn't want to, you know, stuff for Allah, be at his funeral and time to give a eulogy, eulogy and not be able to say anything. And that's what I was facing going to happen. Um, and so you made a choice. Like, and so I made a choice. You took charge of the I relationship. Yeah. And, and, and you I made a choice. I went, I went from, instead of waiting for him to change. Which you were for a very long time. Wow, about that. Um, I. I caught the story in my head. So like when, as, as you both said, we, 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 we have been um, training in the inside out paradigm perspective with the Back to the Future Academy certification for like 18 months, about a year into what we were doing, um, that's when the penny started to drop for me. So um, like intellectually you knew, but the experience of it, it, it took about a year for me to really be able to stop wrestling with the, oh, but he needs to make a move first and it's not fair and other crummy stories that were going in my head to prevent me from just... Yeah, and let's share, be in the moment. let's share with the ladies what that's called. That's called, you know, yeah. battling your ego. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> You, you want you want the other I mean you want it's not um some of these expectations we have it's not that they're unreasonable 
they're not. I mean, you know, to want to want your parent to love you and to want your parent to make the approach first or your spouse or Except whatever. you as is, right? It just Yeah, look, it's yeah. not unreasonable to want that as such, but the reality is that um, expectations are rarely met. Um, and through no necessarily malicious fault of, of anybody, it's just we're not perfect. We're not angels. We're not meant to be. It's, that's this life. We do what so we, we know. We do the best that we can with what we know. Yeah. The time, right. Yeah. yeah. Heck, I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, we know that we don't meet everyone's um, requirements of us, or what have you, um, or their idea in their head, and that's okay. Yeah. You know. I think it's good to give us ourselves that that grace. Um, yeah. that compassion, that self-compassion. And I know I've certainly had to experience this because I had a lot of regret um, or just feeling guilty or bad about the way I treated my mom, believing that, um, you know, that she was at fault. And so I had to resolve that within myself and ask for, I, I did ask for um, forgiveness from Allah, from her. And, yeah. you know, and like, she had even no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> like She was just like, no, you have nothing to apologize about, right? I mean, and, and I realized that she had actually accepted me for who I was um, and was going through her own stuff. And yeah. I couldn't see it at the time. And this is the thing. And this is and this is the truth of experience. That we are all living in our own in our own thinking. Our feelings come from our own thinking. Our own separate realities, right? The other person or the situation. And so if it's true for us, it's true for them. It's true for everyone. And so we're all kind of, you know bumping into each other throughout life, um, you know, circling around each other, but we're actually circling around the stories in our head, not each other. Yeah. So finish your story about yeah, yeah. Getting, so, into, uh, getting into a battle uh, to go to this dinner, yeah. or this armor, yeah. and then what happened? What shifted for you? Well, for me, um, uh, it, the, it was a, it's, it's always an awareness throughout, once, once you, understand the truth of reality of the of experience that we all live in our in, in the feelings about thinking in the moment and you that's you we're saying that as a kind of intellectual thing but it's not really about an intellectual thing it's about heart experience thing and it can take it sometimes it can be an instant connection experience connection sometimes it takes a little bit of while to get from an intellectual thing to a, a bodily sense thing um and it just i i was at the kitchen sink i was preparing to go to a lovely dinner like my family are foodies um i'm 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 the one that can't afford to go on my own i can't afford to go to fancy restaurants but they but they they can and so they do and i'm always very generously invited and and shout dinner and that when we go out. And, and, and so I know that whatever dinner that we go out to, it's going to be fabulous. Um, and so I, I was at the kitchen sink getting ready and I, I, I had had a really fabulous day and everything was fine. And I was feeling actually initially really optimistic and looking forward to going out to dinner and then started to feel uneasy. And I, I wasn't really paying attention to the story that was going on in my head. I was just washing up at the sink and. And so I caught myself, I sat, just sort of stood there with it for a moment, checked in with what, what was going on in my head, realized that I was actually beginning that habit of, of preparing 
for what might be said and, and what, you know, what my responses would be. And I just made a decision to stop doing that. It was simply like, because we can distract ourselves from any, like thoughts pop in our heads and we're, at, we're able to distract ourselves or, or put the thought aside and focus on the thing we were doing. We do that regularly um, with ease. But for some reason, we place a great deal of importance on worries and different and anxiety feelings, and we as if we have to pay attention to it because it, I don't know. We seem to have this idea that it tells us something that's really important, and it's not. And so I just sort of went, okay, yeah, no. Well, especially since you had a pattern, a lifelong pattern, like you yeah, said, absolutely habitual thinking, lifelong exactly. pattern of thinking a certain way about meeting your dad or anything. Yeah, so I just I just made the decision not to do that. I made the decision to go to dinner knowing that even if the only thing I talk about at dinner is the lovely food that I know I will be eating, because that's just a given, um, then that's enough. And that's just focus on, on what good will be happening. And as it turned out, so I rocked up to, to dinner with everyone, um, open to whatever the experience was going to be. And as it turned out, the experience was lovely. No one was saying or doing anything that I was concluding they would do from, from the past, because the past is dead. It does not predict the future. What predicts, the only thing that predicts the future is the story we bring into the, from the, from the past into the present. Um, then, I'll stop you right there because I think yeah. that's so powerful. I think it's- It really is really powerful, powerful, isn't it? Yeah, to like how much autonomy we really have in our, you know, on how our future unfolds. Yeah. Um, and it's not up to the other person or we don't have to leave it in someone else's hands. It's how we think, yep. therefore affects how we show up yep. and then affects the whole dynamic. It, it, it does, it does. And though we are saying clearly that other people, like we're all, each of us individually responding to our feelings coming up or responding to our stories. So, of course, you know, me doing something isn't making them feel something directly. But obviously, if I'm showing up differently, then their thinking about me will shift in that moment um, to one of feeling more secure and feeling more positive and, and themselves not going on the defensive. I mean, you know, when you stop to think about it, if I'm battling up, psychically battling up to you know then um naturally if i'm going getting ready to go on the attack then the people are going to, I'm, I'm i'm doing that with well quite naturally they're going to start having defensive thinking yeah i mean like duh. i mean yeah that's normal human behavior right so it it's like you you bring you're responsible for the energy that you bring into the room and i heard that was a quote from oprah or something yeah 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 you know? and so like even if you're not like some people think that okay well they're having this internal stuff and thinking battle going on inside but outside they're showing up this this tough exterior or like they're not showing it from the outside but it doesn't matter if you're not showing it no. It, it exudes from you in your mannerisms, your tone of voice, your facial expressions. Like we, we, we can't control all of that. No, no. It affects what you, it affects what you perceive, what, what information you pick up and what you ignore. Cause like we have, we have like 15 thoughts a second. We don't have an awareness of every thought, but the thoughts we do 
put energy in are the ones we've paid attention to and there is this there is this connection between what your brain focuses on and your emotional state and and so yeah you could be missing you could be missing a couple of the good the good things you know and i take it this um the shifted was the start of the shift in your relationship with your father mm. I mean, it's not like all fireworks and dreamy because life's just not like that you no, know no, no i mean here's here's the interesting thing yes dad dad um has i have noticed um i've noticed my dad be um surprise me with um, um occasional levels of emotional intelligence and, and like expressing it um, and compassion and sort of an empathy kind of thing um, in, in say a, an email or a text message or something like that um, and there is maybe kind of go hang on what's happened is, is this my father what's going on here um, and that's really lovely um, he's but what's happened with me I think with him is I I am no longer placing the value I have on myself on on whether he like I'm still not seeing him all that much like I, I, I I'll reach out to him and send him a message or say hi I'll give him a call and, and he doesn't really have that much to say and I don't think that he will really probably ever really show a kind of in-depth interest in what I do and who I am he, he I don't think that he yeah, will maybe he just doesn't know how but you don't know how he probably but if he doesn't that's okay it's okay yeah. and that's the main thing yeah. so even if outwardly the situation has doesn't appear to some to to, to maybe like have fully changed to some miraculous thing where he's ringing me every day and and calling me and saying let's go and do something and la 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 you know i mean it would be nice if that happens it it, 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 it may but you're or may still okay but you're still okay but that's okay which is and different than before it's okay and so it means that i am able to better appreciate what little good is coming and not take personally him because he's just the way he is and it's got nothing to do with me yes yes let's that's hit the nail on the head and it sounds as if you have been able to accept yourself as is so you're yeah. allowing that for him as well you're giving him permission and you're making it okay to be in this relationship with him um dropping the expectations and accepting him for who he is yeah. and, and and what he is and embracing that yeah that's yeah. like that's talk about dropping all the pressure yeah it is it is i mean either way i mean it's dropping the well i should be seeing him 20 24 7 um to, like as well um and just being okay with whatever unfolds in saying that and i'm talking to you all now and we're saying this out loud i i probably i i will hang up from this live um and and, and give him a call because it has been a while He's been he's been hunkered down in isolation mode and 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 not wanting visitors and with you know and that's fine, um, um, because he's in that at risk category, um, yeah. So and 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 I tend to fall into a habit of just sort of texting or emailing um, and not really calling and I will give him a call because yeah. I can feel in myself that that's 
still it's seeing this is the beautiful thing with the inside out paradigm is it's not and and our awareness of it in our life it's 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 not saying that it's going to be, you know, oh, okay, I've had this awareness and and, and it's it's all going to be perfect now for like ever. Um, you still cycle back, you know. You still sort of have little mo, and and I can see that there is still a little little, yeah, a little grippy kind of hesitation at times to pick up the phone. Yeah, and then you catch yourself, right? And I catch myself. Yeah. Yeah. As we're talking now, I've caught myself going, oh yeah, actually I haven't really called him. I'll send him a message. No, no, okay, so I'll call him. And I have those moments too with my yeah. mom. She'll say something and then I will get stimulated or triggered and, and I'll be like having this conversation and I'm, my mom, like, why is she saying this? Why is she thinking this way? Like, I'm getting upset at her way of thinking. Well, you know, she's entitled to her way of thinking. Hmm. And um, and then I'll be able to say, well, wait a minute. Uh, you know, I, what's what's happened, shifted for me is that 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 response time i've been able to catch myself and have that awareness and not just react yeah exactly assumptions and then so i can choose how i want to respond and i have the opportunity to to respond for my highest self rather than you know that ego bruised yeah 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 and so i think this has been um really great and we have a comment here before yes. we, before we get into some details of what people have been asking about in the group when things are are don't go so well and and there's yes. still you know a lot of resistance um yes. so Nadia is saying that when you create asked her about what's resonating with her most she's saying when you create certain ideas in your head about what the future holds and put on the armor you're actually creating a self-fulfilled prophecy spot on right yep Exactly. Yeah, yeah, one or the other. Yeah, totally. Um, and it's amazing how we can create the situations and manifest them that we're afraid of, you know, yeah. just by our own thinking and how we show up. We're, we're contributing, yes. uh, facilitating it, actually. So thank no, you, Nadia, for sharing I mean, that. That person may well, and, and what's, what's really beautiful about this is how you know that you're feeling your experience has got nothing to do with the other person and what how they show up and what they do is because they may well show up in a problematic way mm -hmm. let's be you know let's be we will i mean we've been talking about us showing up with problematic thinking and and not giving the other person the chance just to be but on the flip side there are people that do behave problematically in that moment they may well be and that's true um, we don't want to deny that um, but the difference is that they can be behaving problematically, but you do not have to take it as a problem. And that's where, um, again, being in control of and aware of the story you're telling it yourself about the behavior of somebody else. Yeah. So what do we do when you have parents, whether you're living in the home, which is an added layer, but let's say, you know, parents have their own ideas and their own thinking about divorce, about marriage, about you and your life and your your decisions that you're making. And, you know, they go back to the situation of, 
Um, perhaps, perhaps they were making all of your decisions for you before you got married while you were living in their home. And then you get married and your husband starts making all the decisions for you. And then now, now what? Like, like that was, that was my story, but you know, and nobody, nobody really stepped in to make decisions for me, but here I was, didn't know how to make a decision for myself at all. And, um, but nonetheless, you know, going back to this pattern, it's, it's when you leave the home, get married, then now you're no longer married. So your parent consider, considers you a child for them. They need to step back in and manage you, manage your life, make your decisions. And you're like, wait a minute, I'm a full-fledged adult. Like, how does this work? You know, I've, I've been living my life and I'm, I'm capable of making my decisions. And, you know, maybe you don't agree with what they say, but there's like um, an expectation. Well, you have to listen to me well or maybe there's like this friction because this was the pattern that you had the relationship that you've had with them your whole life so now that your marital status has shifted your parents view you differently and perhaps you know it's not coming from a control you know maybe it is coming from a controlling thing but i'll get into that in a second it may not be coming from a mal um intent maybe you know, it may be coming from an intent where they feel responsible or they have to take care of you or they're worried about you, whether it's because of what people are going to think or whether it's because they feel responsible for you in the sight of Allah, that means your actions. Both of those are problematic, but nonetheless, um, you know, how do you show up with them in that way um, to stand in your own self, your own truth with clarity, with wisdom, with kindness, with respect? having you know your boundaries uh in a calm um way where you're not you're not buying into the dynamic that they want for you and and also you know uh, let's talk about that first and then we'll, we'll go into uh when when you need to extricate yourself and you know and limit yourself and when um you can still have interactions and and change, shift the dynamic like you did yeah yeah sure and i mean i will say straight up as i said i've been divorced twice um i have definitely uh carried with me um that feeling of um you know shame and guilt and you know fear of i told you so um uh from from family and that um for maybe not listening um or and then of course being that I, I i came out of both those marriages with with like there wasn't property settlements or anything neither of the guys had anything um so i came out of them with um you know a lot poorer and without anything and then requiring the um requiring the help of, of, of my dad um financially uh and so of course you know uh, because of that then carrying an extra level of um uh you know belief that i i was obliged to somehow prove myself um worthy in some way of receiving the financial assistance and yeah it's, it's, it's getting over that 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 story you have in your head that you're a failure and that you've somehow got to prove that you've you know learned from it and um are no longer you know um, a failure and in my household for some reason uh that or for me i, I perceived in my household at least um 
success has been very much tied or a sense of success has been tied to um, financial stability and success in career and success in business and things like that. Um, and that's funny, that's only been a very recent realization. Yeah. So, so that's for been me, a, for but, you, Pia, that's been a yeah. subconsciously ingrained belief. Oh, absolutely. Been operating since childhood with that belief. Absolutely. That if, if everything was monetized and if you didn't, I'm like, you know, I'm the, I, I, I'm the, the outlier in the family as far as uh, having gone from strength to strength, um, financially speaking. Uh, everyone else in my family has sort of got their act together, just not me. Um, You're the black sheep, you know. right? Similar, uh, and similar to, I, I want to point out that, yeah. you know, in our Desi cultures, the black sheep is the person with the D word, you know, that scarlet letter, that D word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Whereas yeah. for you culturally, it might not be the same, but you know, it's no. similar just because you're talking about success, you know, it's a, a similar yeah. concept we're talking about here. You know? yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and so how to deal with, I mean, like, as we were saying before, every, I mean, everything is coming down to the story that you've got in your head. So even if that person is in fact, in truth, presenting in, um, in, in a troubling way, in a way that um, is, is, you know, uh, you know, they could actually very well be on, on the outside there demanding that you obey them and, you know, do everything that if you're living with them, that, 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 that you do things in the house according to how they want it. And they may well be um, yelling and carrying on and, and, and all the rest of it if, if you're not doing what they're doing. So I'm not denying for one minute that the physical stuff in the environment um, and other people are not behaving they, and doing stuff. They are down to the abuse of husbands. Um, they're doing it. It's not saying that they're not and it's all in your head and you're imagining it. No, there is a physical reality. We, you know, stub our toe, it hurts. There is a physical reality. Um, because we are physical, we're in physical form, but it's it's about the fact that they can be doing and saying what they're doing because that's the story in their head, and their story is no more reality than your own story, um, and it's a different reality, and we all have different realities. And the thing different is, that realities, you have right? Your reality, and you have yours, and they don't cancel each other out. We don't have to actually defend anything here because there's enough universal energy space for everyone to have their own reality. Yeah, yeah. I think the beauty of what uh, understanding, you know, one of the implications of the inside-out paradigm mm. is separate realities. And yeah. when you know, we I know when we both learned that uh, and really started to absorb that, then yeah. it, it's like okay well what they're saying you don't have it it doesn't have to be personal it doesn't have to mean what yeah, you think yeah, it, it yeah. used to mean for you like oh you're not good enough or no matter what you yeah. do it's never going to be good enough you'll never measure up you know all those things or feeling that pressure mm. that makes you um you know conform if you will yeah, and yeah so we have that a lot in our culture um and parents like i said there's either a lot of in 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 the Muslim homes, um, 
that are you know from the subcontinent culture and i know you know a little bit about it because you were married yeah yeah i lived, I lived here for three years in the family yeah. system yeah, yeah yeah you didn't grow up in it but you've experienced no, no, it no i tasted it though oh believe me yeah i i, I totally <laughs> get where you're all coming from I, I couldn't. I, I couldn't hack it, but I think I couldn't hack it also because he, my husband was abusive. So I, I in that, I left. Yeah. Um, so, so what I wanted to bring up was that a lot of the, the ladies here experiencing those from that culture um, mm. is a lot of it is about what culture says, what people think, and whether they admit it or not. Um, they're they're operating. Our parents are operating on those beliefs that. You know that what is society going to think you know you won't get a marriage proposal if you're living on your own like all of these beliefs that they're operating by which you know are cultural beliefs um that have been passed down generation after generation they're just blindly following whereas you know when we have an opportunity to think for ourselves am i doing anything that's displeasing to allah um you know because we we're not obligated to live our life the way our parents tell us to. Uh, we are only obligated to to Allah, you know, to please Allah. Um, and we can say no. We have the uh, right to say no. Uh, yeah, we don't want to, you know, start a fight or, or do it. We want to be able to do it in a kind, respectful way. Yeah. And but, you can when you're not taking what they're saying personally. Yes. It's just so beautiful. It's just like you can, you can actually still, it, it just makes setting those boundaries and saying, because somehow you don't see it as boundary setting anymore. All it's just, all it is, is just, I in the moment am speaking me and my story is as relevant and as valid as the next person's and it doesn't negate the other person and they don't me and so you just you're just kind of able just to be and so when you're being it's not so much about setting boundaries or anything it's just you just you just are yeah and it's not about sense. it's not about changing them right no. because no um, we have no power or control over changing people and try doing that and see you know where it takes you uh misery and um just uh hardship in the relationship you know and the and goal is to change them and that's the beautiful thing yeah that is the beautiful thing because no. uh, they can have their views they can have their thinking exactly. and you can have yours still exactly yeah exactly yeah. and, and i, I want to just go into a little bit of what's you know one comment that was shared about mm. a one woman who um she mentioned how she is trying to heal herself um mm -hmm. from her divorce She's living with her mom and she's still dealing with um, the patterns that they had um, during her childhood of her mom criticizing her. Um, and then now it's spilling out onto her daughter. So she has mom here, then she's here, then daughter here. And this is like this, you know, vicious cycle. And it can, I know, it, it can feel exhausting and stressful and overwhelmed and you just want to run away. <laughs> you just want to run away. And so, um, you know, she wants to be able to help her daughter, but yet also be able to be 
in a relationship with her mother, however way that looks, you know, because that's the obligation by Allah. Like we, we cannot cut these people out, uh, blood ties. We cannot kick them out. Um, and that looks like something different. And so distance, yeah. distance is okay. You know, um, a healthy distance that, you know, if you have abuse, if you have someone oppressing you, you can't allow that. This doesn't well, no, that's not actually kindness to them because you're letting them accrue sin against you. Allah, I mean, we're not making it up that oppression isn't okay. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says it's not okay. It's at all. Yeah, not even to ourselves. No, no one's allowed to oppress anybody. There's no, yeah. no one has that right. So if you allow someone to keep sort of, you know, doing something that is harmful to you, um, they're actually, you're allowing them to keep harming themselves because they're going to be answerable to it. At yeah. the end of the day, you know. Yeah. So, what you have any you have any insight or tips for someone in that situation where they have mom on the top, them in the middle, and child on the bottom, and they're trying to manage it all? And uh, you know, I I mean, it looks to me as if it's a lot of the same. It's just the awareness. Yes, and I think the thing is, um, as you're saying with your relationship with your mom, because I'm sure that um, you would have been seeing that pattern within your own self um and and in how you were showing up with your girl um and in, in yeah. sort of feeling like you, your mum is doing one thing then you're feeling all rattled and then not being the best you you can be as a mum um it look it, it's the same then this is why the inside out paradigm um is like the hundred percent solution because you can throw all these diff different appearingly different um situations um and yet the solution is the same because it's not it's not intellectual it's not about an intellectuals when you know that here our thinking god's given this as brain it's wonderful it's, it's brilliant and i i lived by that motto of i think therefore i am and i put a lot of belief in um solutions coming from uh me solving stuff intellectually yeah um and of course when you've when you think that the source of the solution is from here then that's where worry kicks in anxiety kicks in because the reality is our our as as amazing as our brains are um as a, as a, as a machine an organic machine they're amazing it's miraculous but it's limited uh, it's, we have our limited perspective. We can, we don't have the 360 multicolor vista vision that God does. So we can't see the, 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 the outcome of things or the, the underneath goodness of something that might look like it's not so good and all that. We can't see that. We certainly can't see what other people are thinking or their intentions. We, we can't see that. Um, so when you get out of here of this well i've got to find the solution in my head i've got to solve it somehow intellectually when you stop thinking and you're just in that present moment of being um that's where god actually t talks to us he talks to us from our heart we know that we know our color we know our room we know all that is is this heart-centered space and the only thing that's blocking us from being in that space is the story in our head, the thinking, getting the caught over, up. The overthinking, right? Yeah. Overthinking. Well, I mean, just it's not even just the overthinking. It, it's just the story. Like, like if you are stuck with 
here at this level of paying attention to the uh, to the thinking the thoughts the content of what you're thinking why you're thinking what you're thinking uh where it came from and you're analyzing all that and you're all up here about everything well what you're doing is you're obstructing yourself from being able to be in the moment from this space and the heart space is where god talks to us so when he says you'll be able to handle anything that i throw at you he is not talking about your ability to think your way out of it which is what i thought it was yeah 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 absolutely and i think that you can you can hear the guidance yeah right here you can see the guidance you can from inside of yourself through your heart that allah is trying to show you to help you through the situation because it's not yeah. going to come from here it's going to come from here because this is the direct this is the direct connection to allah it is. not up here it is. No. The, this is just ego yeah 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 you know um and so look at how you do it it's like how we've been saying you do it you see that your mom has her own story going on and some of that story could be fear fear for herself as you said it's generational uh i i certainly know that there's a generational pattern along my mother's side between marrying men that were not available on some level or another um so that that is you know uh that that's a truth um but she's got her own truth and she um she when she said uh, look let's be real probably when she's saying things that are difficult that are unpleasant about you it's more than likely that it's actually herself that she's talking about um but even that doesn't matter the whole like what's again uh, knowing why someone is saying what they're saying i i thought that i i the final thing that helped me sort of let go of the story the conversations in my head about my my ex-husbands was the realization that it doesn't actually really matter why someone's doing what they're doing i love so that. a lot that of again. regular i love that therapy. say that again it does not matter why people are doing what they're doing it really doesn't and so hence why the majority of um counseling and therapy out there that's all about um analyzing the thoughts and what's going on and why it's going on um it's really in the end very ineffective and does not get you that permanent state of calm and clarity because you're still in your head you know you're still up here so it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it's just the fact that you know that your mom your dad your your husband your kids whatever whoever um they are just they are responding in that moment to whatever the story is in their head yeah it's a story and if their behavior is problematic then you can bet that their thinking is problematic it's just as simple as that yeah yeah and you know what you're spot on too like you know i've i've had the 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 conditioning if you will you know mm-hmm. from from my own um childhood in my own relationship with my parents and then now having kids and i have an of two older boys who are s- almost 18 and 16 and um you know uh and through our divorce they've gone through a lot of hurt a lot of pain and really had to um unfortunately were forced to choose between um having a relationship with their mom and their, or their dad and it's been easier to just um reject me and choose dad because that is the relationship that 
they needed to have, you know? Yeah. And, and so there's been a lot of hurt and pain on both sides with me and my sons. And um, understanding this of how that I work psycholo- psychologically mm. helped me not to take their behavior seriously. That, you know, hurt people hurt people. That's just the yeah. cycle here. That, that's in, in play, in play. And so when I don't take it personally, I can respond with kindness and compassion. Yeah. And also while also not falling into allowing that, allowing them to manipulate me because I'm vulnerable for wanting a relationship with them. So I will, I will try to control certain things or I will try to oppress myself or, you know, be hard on myself and do things just to please them to just to kind of like, you know, beg for affirmation here. And so I, I don't need to do that either. I can accept them for where they are at in this moment in their life for what they've been through and know that like that bond, that mother, child bond can never be wiped out or erased because Allah is the one who created it and I don't need them to show me that they love me or I don't need them to show me that they need to be part of my life to know that we're connected and you know things change and and I'm not saying it's not hurtful yes it's uh one of the hardest yeah one of the hardest tests that I've experienced and um we all know that just like um a parent or a mother we're talking about and a child um there's a there's it's very difficult it can be a very difficult relationship and can be really hurtful and it's the same thing for our mother and her child which is us exactly i I just want to just leave with um leave something here that i realized that i needed to rectify for myself my relationship with my mother first before i can expect anything from my child and so that has really helped me in um, being there for my child, no matter what that looks like, even if that means talking, you know, superficially, maybe a couple of times a year, even if that means not have being involved in each other's lives, um, whatever way it looks like, I'm okay with that. And that, you know, it, it can change uh, when the opportunity presents okay. itself it's the way it Allah Subhanahu brings. So, it's yeah, done. that focus it does change it yeah. does change i know my daughter is 23 and i yeah. mean i i she was going in her meltdown so when she's 23 now i married alhamdulillah love love lovely lovely guy not knowing she's not muslim obviously alhamdulillah I mean, how do i say it? i say alhamdulillah in that i mean i say alhamdulillah because god is god and god is in everything and and to be quite honest my own struggle with how to belong in a Muslim community later in life and the men uh, anyway um, I, I, I'm just very happy that my daughter is happy and she's met someone wonderful and I love him to bits and and she hasn't made my mistakes in, mar- in, in marrying someone that was like her dad um, so you know I, I just can be just thankful yeah anyway um, but the thing is she was going through a meltdown um, herself uh, imploding self-harm running away from school, um, you know, just a complete meltdown and acting out towards me in a way that, yeah, I I was not healed from her coming out of her relationship with her dad. I, I was still in a lot of fear. Um, and 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 I, as you said, you, 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 I was interpreting her behavior as an attack 
I was interpreting her um, as being energetically her dad. Oh yeah. Anything like that, really. And so even though I was going into family counseling with her, it did not help at all. I want to I, I, I just pause for one second yeah. and I want to bring that point up, what you just said, which yeah. happens all the time, especially in this group. It happened with me and until yeah. I started recognizing it. When a child does something uh, to lash out at you, it's very easy when, you, when you've gone through a divorce, especially when you've gone through a divorce, to mm. look at the child and automatically think you're ex. Oh yeah, well I mean, and I mean the thing is, talking with my beautiful daughter, uh, like so since then, um, you know, and, and so she she left the home with me and, and finished her schooling and left the home with me and, and moved out and started her own life and I moved to Pakistan and got married again. Um, and then I've come back and, and since so in the last sort of three or four years, we've had this opportunity to um, you know, I, I basically had the opportunity to see what was going on and um, bridge that gap then that had formed uh, with an apology for not being able to give the space that she, like, give, show up for her. The space. The space is what you're talking was, about. The space yeah, I was able to show up for her in the way that she needed it because clearly yeah. she was yeah. suffering. So and, my yeah. point being is that to start seeing if you could recognize this because yeah, exactly. what ends up happening is mm. that when you start thinking right away blame or it's his fault or well, yeah, yeah. because yeah. of him that my, that this child is behaving like this then you end up responding um with harshness to the child because uh, of your because of your fight with the dad in your mind and yeah. and like what you said once in one of our sessions with our teacher Catherine Jones amazing Catherine Jones um you know you were you were on your own in your own apartment in your own lounge room fighting with your ex in your head even though you were divorced oh yeah and he'd never and this was the Pakistani ex he'd never come to Australia he'd never I mean like you know yeah, yeah. I didn't even live in that space with him it's not even like he'd been there and left he'd never seen it it was you know yeah, you know, it was amazing that. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 look, even I mean, my daughter did acknowledge that she was lashing out in ways, and and she acknowledges within herself that she chose ways of being that were intended to reflect the abusiveness of of abusive kind of behaviour of her her dad. So she acknowledged that and apologised for that. However, the thing is, I was too busy in my own space battling against it. So to see that and was taking it personally and not seeing it for what it was. So, I mean, we just need to be kind, but, 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 you know, but there's no sort of, I don't say that now going, oh, well, you know, should have, would have. I, I was suffering at that time myself. We're all, we were both suffering and we did the best we could. Yeah. And that's the same with our parents. And so that's, you, you look down, you look up. That's the same with our parents. Yeah, right. You know, when you have that forgiveness and kindness and compassion for yourself, mm. then you can look at your parents and your children the same way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, I have thoroughly enjoyed this, and I, I getting we're getting so many amazing comments here. Um, people, uh, you know, resonating with this, and um, I just want to kind of end on this note that you know some of the things that you brought up about awareness, self-awareness, our own thinking, and how much autonomy we really have on how we show up in our life, no matter who is doing what. Um, while also not accepting or tolerating um, someone controlling or trying to manipulate us, you know, or any of those type of things. Um, and and really, you know, I'm having actually a masterclass next week on, um, on the D word. Why is divorce such a dirty word, right? <laughs> all of this thinking around this D word. And so, you know, I want to start with that and just kind of dispel all these myths and knock them out of the water and help women on their journey to to living the awesome life that they deserve to live, um, regardless of their marital status. So um, I hope that you ladies join me for that. And uh, Pia, why don't you share a little bit about what you got going on? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of very excited. Um, I've got a few, thing, a few things happening actually. It's really uh, good. And um, what I have is, uh, I've got a podcast membership uh, on Patreon. Uh, so what that will involve is it's my my key where I have been finding myself moving towards now is um, in the area of relationship reset and the beautiful uh, and, and the beautiful relationships meaning it's any relationship. So it's the kind of things we've been talking about. They can be in relationship with your your mum, your, your your dad, your, your kids, your um, husband, uh, yourself. Um, you know, there, we have multiple relationships out there. So it's whatever the relationships are that you're struggling with. Um, and so this is a monthly, uh, monthly membership to, um, pod, for podcast that will be coming. You have four, uh, four podcasts a month uh, coming through. If you're a member of, of my Relationship Reset uh, Patreon group, uh, and uh, they'll be topic based and uh, each month I'll jump in on that Patreon for a one hour live Q&A as well. Uh, and so that's, uh, that's one thing. The other will be coming out very shortly, a uh, six week podcast uh, self-paced program called Don't They Care? So the inside out of uh, disappointed ro uh, romantic expectations. Mm. And so that would be a six week. That sounds juicy. I've got a few things happening and I'm quite excited about it. And I've chosen podcasts because I do feel that everyone's so busy these days. And so podcasts are things you can do on the run. And they'll yeah. be short podcasts, little sort of 10 minute podcasts per lesson um, for a, a one hour module. So you won't be having to you know, listen to me for hours at a time. Well, awesome. You know. Well, thank you for sharing all Pleasure. of that. And uh, I'm so glad that we did this.